see you this morning. You may be seated. This is uh, a special day for us today. I'm taking a little break from our study of the Gospel of John for one week. I'll be back next week in John chapter 2 on Jesus turning water into wine. I'm excited about that. Uh, but October is a month where we talk about missions for the month. We talk about it all throughout the year, but we really highlight this in the month of October. And that means a few different things. We want to do that because we want you to be aware of what God is doing through this church all over the world. We have 21 local partnerships and 15 global partnerships. We are planning a church in five points and we are planning churches in some of the hardest reach places in the world. And all of that is going on through Prince. And so if you're a part of our church, you're a part of what is happening. So we want you to know that. We don't want you just to know, we want you to be involved. We want you to be involved in what God is doing in our local partnerships and our global partnerships through our mission trips and opportunities for you to serve locally through disciple-making efforts, all of that is a part of that. But we also want to make sure uh, that we are fulfilling our vision as a church. Our vision is to raise a group of people passionate about expanding God's presence to the end of the earth, to every neighbor and every nation. So our vision is not only for you to experience God's presence and enjoy God's presence, but to expand His presence to every neighbor and every nation. And so if we're going to fulfill our vision as a church, we have to continue to bring this important thing before you. And that is the calling of Jesus Christ for us to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. And so every year when we do this, uh, we do a couple of different things. We will talk a lot about what God is doing uh, overseas. We're going to encourage you to be a part of Prince Cares this month. Uh, we're going to encourage you to give sacrificially to missions. But one of the things we do every year is we, we usually have one guest speaker for missions. This year, I am extremely excited about this. In my six years here, I've never been more excited about a mission speaker than today. Uh, Barry St. Clair is the global vice president of East West Ministries. It's an incredible ministry you should look up. They exist to equip local churches uh, to make disciples uh, to the ends of the earth. An incredible ministry. Before that, he was the founder of Reach Out Ministries, a ministry that raised up student leaders in over 30 different countries. He uh, has written over 30 books in 13 different languages, been all over the world teaching and preaching, has an extreme global impact, and has been a leading voice in student ministry and discipleship uh, for many, many years. But you can read about all those things. You can Google Barry St. Clair. You can read all the bios. Uh, but it's a little more personal than that to me. Barry is the first person that ever discipled me when I was in 11th grade. I was saved at the summer of 10th grade. And right after that, Barry invited me, he'll tell more you about this. Um, he invited me into a little group uh, and it was there that I learned how to spend time with God. Barry taught me how to read my Bible. Uh, he taught me how to pray. He taught me how to journal. And we cried throughout the whole first service. I'm just warning you, it was, it was uh, unbelievable. Uh, if you think of discipleship in terms of uh, Paul needed a Barnabas and, and Paul had a, a Timothy and then Barry St. Clair is without question the Paul in my life. No one has influenced me more than this man uh, from the time in which I was 16 years old up until now. When I graduated from college, I had been multiple overseas trips with their ministry. When I graduated from college, I went for two and a half years to Central Europe to work with Barry's ministry. And our lives have been intertwined in a thousand different ways. His first wife, Carol, who passed away of cancer, discipled my wife, Andrea, in high school as well. And then about two years ago, I just said, Barry, it would mean a lot to me if you would come and visit our church. He lives 50 minutes away in Lilburn. And I just said, just come visit. What, you know, just, just, it would mean a lot to me. 
and they showed up and joined the church and drive every Sunday 50 minutes one way. To which I said, Barry, I'm not that good. Uh, I texted him last week and I said, Barry, getting a hug from you on Sunday morning before I preach is one of the highlights of my week. Uh, there is no way, earthly speaking, I'm here this morning without the ministry of this man in my life. And so this is extremely uh, exciting for me and for you to be able to hear Barry talk about the simple things that he has done throughout his life to make disciples. And I just want to say this before he comes. What he is going to tell you is the vision that we want to be all about here at Grace. This is it. So I want you to listen carefully. If we would begin to implement what he's going to talk to us about, then we're going to be the church that we want to be and that God wants us to be. So let me pray, and then I'll have Barry come speak. Father, it is incredibly humbling for me and just deeply encouraging for me to think about the significance of this moment and just the last 33 years of Barry's investment in my life and to see the trajectory of my life turn in such a dramatic fashion because of some very small and simple steps of obedience that he took. So God, I pray that as he comes now, you would fill him with your spirit, that you would anoint him, uh, that it would be evident to all of us that the word that you've given him is the word for us today. And may every one of us not only hear it and receive it, but walk in obedience to it. God, there is a simplicity to what you have called us to do in the Great Commission. I pray that we would do it. That nothing else really matters unless we do that. So I pray that we would do it. And I pray that this word today would, would stir us up and spur us on uh, to be faithful disciple-making disciples. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you welcome Barry as he comes to preach for us this morning. <laughs> Thank you, Josh Smith. <laughs> Thank you. I've said this to Josh on numerous occasions. I've said, Josh, my ceiling is your floor. Josh is so far beyond what I've ever done. And I'm so enthused and so excited about what's going on in this church under Josh's leadership. I mean, it's just amazing to me. So my ceiling is your floor. And let me uh, introduce to you also my wife, Luana, who's over here uh, in the bright red outfit. And um, Luana, Luana and I, I wish I had time to tell you our love story. I uh, don't have time to do that, but just you are the love of my life. And I love you. And I wanted you all to meet her and uh, tell you a little bit about how we got here. Because Josh mentioned that. But I'll tell you the, some of the details of the story. So he invited us to come over. We did what Josh said. We came over. We visited one, one Sunday. And Lawan and I walked in the back right back there. And uh, we, uh, it was between services. There were about nine or ten people in the room. And we just stood there and looked over the auditorium. Both of us just kind of looking around. And then almost simultaneously, we looked at each other and we said, we're home. We're home. And so for the last two years, we have been delightfully home at Prince Avenue Baptist Church. So I'm so glad to be here. Absolutely wonderful for me. Um, and then I would say to Josh... I would say, Lawan and I love you and your family. And Lawan and I love it that you're our pastor. <laughs> that's, so, that's so precious to, to us. 
So here's the Josh story. I'm telling you this story. It goes somewhere. It'll get somewhere in a few minutes here. But I'll tell you the Josh story because, because it fits right into what we're talk, I want to talk to you about this morning. Josh and I go back a long way. Um, once upon a time, Josh was in high school. And it was long years ago. But uh, Josh was always, as you know him every, every Sunday, Josh has always been hyper-energetic. And as a high school kid, he had exceptional amounts of energy. Uh, upon his graduation from high school, he walked toward the stage in his gown, did a flip onto the stage to receive his diploma. Do you know anybody else has ever done that? I do not. Josh was hyper-energetic. So that fits into the story because um, at one point, uh, I was... I had my daughter Katie was in Josh's class. They were in the same class at school, and uh, they were at, by this time juniors, and they had known each other for quite some time. But my daughter started dating this guy, and it uh, b became apparent to me that if I was going to be a wise father, it'd be a good idea for me to start a discipleship group with that boyfriend and his friends. And so I did that, and Josh was in that group. And so we met every Thursday, 6.30 in the morning, Chick-fil-A, Lawrenceville Highway, taking my book, Following Jesus, going through it. The guys never did their assignments, rarely. There's a lot of noise in that group, a lot of messing around and goofing off and all those kinds of things. And so there were often times that I would walk out to my car and I would just literally, I would sit in my car, I'd put my head on the steering wheel, I'd kind of go like this and I'd say, Lord, do I really have to do this again next week? So I, I kept coming. These guys were, <laughs> even though they didn't do their assignments, so to speak, they kept showing up and they kept coming. And that went all the way through the junior year. And by their senior year, we started the group, the group again. And soon after we began, one of them, I think, I think that was somebody's idea in the group, maybe Josh's, said, why don't we just disciple middle school students? And so the, our whole discipleship group divided up and each one of us had in twos had these middle school middle schoolers that we were meeting with just like I was meeting with them discipling these middle school students and let me just tell you that was amazing the lord just the lord just did something really special there there so by the time these guys graduated here we'd started with this goofy group that was going nowhere in my mind and they would had been transformed by just being discipled just by studying the word of God into people who are now making disciples of others, which is to the point of my message this morning. God's given us the privilege of making disciples and making disciples who make disciples. And so I, I, I want to just emphasize that point at the beginning and we'll come back to that in a bit in terms of specific and practical application. But let's broaden this out to say, hey, this is Mission Sunday. This is a missions month. We're here this month to think about world missions and local missions, as Josh has already said. And uh, so I want to give you this morning a fresh perspective on the Jesus challenge. And the Jesus challenge is found in Matthew chapter uh, 28, 19, and 20. But before we we look at that. Here's what I want you to, to catch. Going back to last week when Josh was speaking on proximity to Jesus, that was a profound thought to me. I loved that thought, proximity to Jesus. He came for us to be with us and to invest his life even unto death 
for us. Jesus came in proximity to us. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. Glory is the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth. And then we come into proximity to Jesus when we become his disciples. When we make a decision to trust and follow him. It's really as simple as that. So what does Jesus tell us to do then in light of that? What does he tell us to do as his disciples to trust and follow him? Well, he gave us this clear directive in Matthew 28, 19 and 20. And I'd like for us to just read this out loud together. So speak up and let's read. Then Jesus came to them. Okay, let's start again. Okay, with, I want to hear some loud voices out there. <laughs> Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and discipling them to observe everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you. Matthew 28, 19, and 20. That's the Jesus challenge for us all. Go and make disciples of all nations. So how do we even think about that? Well, what I want to throw out to us this morning is the question of how do I become a disciple-making, world-changing missionary? How do I become a disciple-making, world-changing missionary? I don't know if you've ever thought of yourself in that regard or not, but we want to talk about it here for a few minutes and bring it down to the place where we can say, yes, I'm a disciple-making, world-changing missionary. And we start with that by seeing ourselves as a transforming influence. I never thought of much about myself as a transforming influence until a few years ago. That, that thought just came to me and it wouldn't leave me. Very I want you to be a transforming influence. And I realized I wasn't all the transforming influence I could be. And so the Lord is just speaking to me about this whole idea of being a transforming influence. And so when I thought about that, I began to have more of an awareness of myself. I began to have more of an awareness of the people who are around me. And I began to, I began to think, okay, how can I influence every person that I meet in every place I go, every day, wherever it is, how can I do that? So we think about that. Our spouse, we can be a transforming influence with our spouse, with our children, with people we work with, with people that we just come across every day at the checkout counter. We can say a kind word. We can speak, uh, speak friendly, in a friendly way toward them, putting ourselves out there to meet people. We can do kind things for them. We can do lend a helping hand. All these things we can do. And then to mention Jesus at every opportunity. That's how, we, that's how we operate, can operate as a transforming influence. That's what I want to be. I think probably all, all of us who, who uh, are disciples of Jesus, who are trusted and followed in Jesus say, I want to be that kind of transforming influence. And so when we see ourselves as a transforming influence, then we're on our way to becoming a disciple-making, world-changing missionary. Starts right there. My heart, my thought, the way I'm aware of myself and the people that are around me. And then we say, well, okay, how then, if I'm going to be a transforming influence, how do I engage in becoming that 
disciple-making, world-changing missionary. Well, two thoughts about that. One is to go big. The other one's to go small. So let's talk about go big. Go big, Jesus said, I have my Father's authority to tell you, go and make disciples of all nations. We'll let that sink in for just a second. Jesus, on his Father's authority, said to us, go and make disciples of all nations. So what's on God's heart? Well, there are 7.8 billion people in the world. There are 3.34 billion of those people who are outside the reach of the gospel. There are 336 times in the Bible where it mentions the nations or to the nations. And so clearly, clearly, when we look at the slide up here and see all those red dots that are there, we realize that God wants us to go to the nations and that the nations are on God's heart. So then the question becomes, where in the world do I go to become a disciple-making, world-changing, transforming influence? Where do I go to do that? Well, the answers vary. For some of us, stay right where you are. For others, go to the nations. For college students, some of whom are here and more will be in the next service, I would say in uppercase letters with an exclamation point, go, go. Go on a mission trip, go down the hall and meet some international students on the hall where you live. Go and make disciples on that hall. Go overseas for a summer, go spend a year after college, do something where you can go and make disciples of all nations. And to all of us, we can look around here at Prince Avenue and say opportunities abound to be involved in missions. Go on a Prince Avenue missions trip to inner city uh, Athens or Slovakia or wherever it is that we are, we are taking mission trips to Nepal or wherever and say, I will go and do that because I want to go big. I want to think of myself as a world changer. And so we give, have opportunity to do those kinds of things. And then all of us can say, and I want us to say this together. Here am I, Lord, send me. Let's just say that out loud as a prayer. Lord, here am I, send me. Say it with me. Lord, here am I, send me. And when we pray that prayer, the Lord will answer that prayer in big ways, but and also in small ways. Because when you look around at that 7.8 billion people that are out there in the world. I don't know how that makes you feel, but that makes me feel really small, really small. What difference does my life make? What influence can I have? How can the Lord use me to be a disciple-making, world-changing missionary? It sounds almost impossible. And yet if you think small, go small, then Jesus says this to us about that. He says, I am with you always. And when he says, I am with you always, that gives us the capacity to be world changers, disciple-making world changers. So what do we do? We do a couple of things here that are real practical for us, and we'll kind of see how these, how these work out for us here in the next few minutes. But first, we disciple people. We disciple people. Jesus said, go and make disciples. 
And we can make disciples right where we are, right now, <laughs> right here, right now. No one feels adequate to make disciples. I mean, I certainly didn't feel very adequate when I was meeting with those guys and they were paying no attention and not doing the, the assignments, I can assure you. So you, it's not that we feel adequate to go and make disciples because we don't do it that way by faith because Jesus is enough, I am enough. Because Jesus is enough, we are enough. So we have what we need inside of us by the power of the Holy Spirit to be enough, to be that transforming influence that makes a difference in the lives of people. Look at, with me at how this, how this kind of plays itself out. Look at the slide that we'll see up here, real disciple slide. So Jesus has given us really three tools for our tool belt. First, he's given us the Holy Spirit that fills us up with his life. Then he gives us his word, and then he gives us prayer. So with the spirit and the word and with prayer and Jesus living inside of us, we have enough and we are enough. So I look at myself and I say, I'm going to be a transforming influence disciple maker. And so as, that, as a disciple maker, I see myself that way. I start wherever I am doing whatever I can do to make disciples. Three people, five people, six or eight people like in our group when Josh was in high school, we just invest and make disciples. Sometimes it can get real discouraging. Sometimes it becomes absolutely, utterly delightful. But what happens over time is that life change takes place in those people. Teaching people how to trust and follow Jesus. Teaching people how to get in the word and be filled with the spirit and learning how to pray. Life change takes place. And when that happens, then that goes to the next generation. And then the next generation replicates that again. And disciples then are making disciples. And as a result of all of that, the world begins to change. You may never see it until you get to heaven. But you are influencing, impacting the world. So back to Josh. He mentioned this just momentarily. I'll play this out for you. But when he was... Uh, Graduated from high school, went to college. One summer, I was leading a trip, as we often did, a trip of kids uh, to Romania, teenagers, and I asked Josh to go and help me be a part of the team, leadership team. And so we went, and I asked Josh to lead a session. And in leading that session, little did I know that he, and he would tell me a long time later, he said, Barry, when I, when I gave that talk, it was the first time that I sensed God was calling me to preach. Wow. So Josh, on this little trip, unbeknownst to me, since God's call to preach, and you see where we are now as a result of all that. Amazing, amazing what God does. But a couple years later, Josh graduated from college, took two years of his life to go to Slovakia to work with our ministry in Bratislava, Slovakia, and around the country with this youth ministry vibrant youth ministry training network. Josh was working in all that, spent two years over there doing that. And now Prince Avenue has a Ukrainian refugee church in Bratislava, Slovakia, that we're planting that church for those refugees as a result of the same 
stream of people who were a part of Josh's life and ministry all those years ago back in Slovakia, coming all the way back to Josh, all the way back to me. Do you see? Do you see? Catch that. That's what God does when we say, I want to be a disciple-making, world-changing missionary. Amazing how the Lord does that. And most of the time, we don't ever see it. Here I am decades later. I'm just seeing this, okay? Just seeing this. But that investment back there at Chick-fil-A on Lawrenceville Highway has paid its dividends. And I think the Lord wants to use every single one of us to do that. We make disciples, and then the Lord multiplies those disciples. So, grandparents, parents, college students, high school students, middle school students, grade school kids, every one of us can take the challenge to invest in and disciple someone else. Every one of us can be a transforming influence who starts a little discipleship group and invests in other people in order to help them trust and follow Jesus. And when we follow all the way through with that, then we come out with the kinds of things that we've been talking about here the last few minutes. And then the second thing about going small, if you go small, you make disciples. If you go small, you also pray for people. And I want to show us a specific way that is vastly underused by the church in the Western world, especially in the United States. Well, it's almost like we don't see this passage of scripture, but I wanna show this to you from Matthew 18, 19 and 20, where it says, again, I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything that you ask, it will be done for you by my Father who is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. So do this with me in light of that passage. Would you just take this little card that was handed to you when you walked in the door? Just take that, pick up that card and just hold it there in front of you. And I want you to just look at it. Just read it there. Christians meet three times these days for non-Christian friends. So you just look at that. And then let's think about what we do with this card. So about 25 years ago, I wrote a a little book called An Awesome Way to Pray. And in it, I described how teenagers, youth leaders, can engage in three Christians praying three times a week for three non-Christian friends. This last week, I had the opportunity to, to, we've redone this book and had an opportunity to introduce it to 70 youth ministry leaders around the whole country. I'm amazed by that. The little book is based on Matthew 18, 19 and 20, three Christians meet three times a week and pray for three non-Christian friends. How simple is that? Anybody, everybody can do that. So that's what I've been doing. I, I meet with my friends, Rick Eubanks and Kevin Miles and We meet on Monday for a, they live in Texas and I live here and we meet by Zoom on Monday and then on Wednesday and Friday we have texts and we're each one praying for three lost people and we're asking God to really move in their lives and we're seeing him do that in some pretty amazing, pretty amazing ways. And uh, and so, so anybody, everybody can do that simple thing. So this morning I'm asking you just to take this card, 
And in a moment, we're going to stand up and we're going to gather in a group of three. Or if you're four or two, that's fine. But gather in a group of three, like it says on the card here. And then I want you to pray with those other people and ask the Lord, Lord, who is it? that are to be the, three, the other two people that I meet with to pray for on a regular basis. And who are the three non-believers that you want me to pray for to come into a relationship of trusting and following Jesus? Who are those people? And so, if you would now, I just want you to stand up and uh, if everybody would just stand. We're gonna pray together. And I want you to get, gather around in a group of two, group of three, if you can, so we can do a prayer triplet here. It's a prayer triplet where we'll just pray for two believers. And then we're going to pray for three non, ask the Lord to give us three non-believers. And ask the Lord to show us how, in a very clear and personal way, we can implement this little prayer strategy in your life and thus through the life of this church. So just take a, take a few minutes. I'll give you three, four, or five minutes just to think about that and pray about that. If you need to introduce yourself, feel free to do that. But then go ahead and pray for each other. About three Christians praying three times a week for three non-Christian friends. If you haven't already, go ahead and pray, for, pray, pray about that with each other. Just go around the circle and pray.
you're praying there, keep on praying. But when you get to a stopping place, you can turn your card over. And on the other side, you can pray about three to five people whose names go on the back of that card that you will disciple. Three to five people. So, Lord, you hear our prayers. We pray them from our hearts and we pray them in Jesus' name. Lord, would you give us three people, non-Christians that we can pray for with two of our other non-Christian friends? And would you give us three to five people that we could disciple? Lord, if people are feeling inadequate to do that, I know they can get great help here at Prince Avenue. Lord, would you just, by the power of your spirit, Take this and catapult us into a place where as a church, we're seeing God work and move in ways that we've not seen before because we do these particular things, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray, amen, amen. So you can be seated there. Josh is gonna come up and close or they're gonna, they're gonna sing here. Let me just say to you in closing, Jesus is commissioning us individually and as a church to make disciples who are world-changing missionaries. And we can be that as a transforming influence. And when we do that, that will catapult Prince Avenue Baptist Church into a new realm of ministry opportunity because every one of us then are taking responsibility to take the gospel to our little world and eventually to the whole world. In Jesus' name, amen.